You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak show. This is episode 174, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Nine Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. The newly verified Benjamin Solak. Yeah. Catch this clout. <laughs> You watch yourself. Don't even talk to me. How you doing, brother? Dude, what do what What do verified people do during the day? This I this is awful because I just now every time I go to tweet, I look at my tweet and I just think to myself, wouldn't you sound you're an idiot. Don't say don't be cool. Live up to the like, check. You, you have to not be an idiot. Right. I like read it and I go like, you're so not funny. You're such an idiot. And then I tweet it anyway because like, I don't know. Like, this is my entire brand. I'll be honest. The follower bump is sick. A lot of people who I've followed for a long time have been like, who is this peasant? Are like, aha, the peasant, a member of the aristocracy now. And I'm like, yes, I am. I'm. I, it's like, it's true Prince and the Pauper story over here. But besides that, like, I don't know. I'm still out here making bad jokes. Like, I I was verified on, like, Thursday. And then on Friday, I tweeted out a spoonerism of Mike Bloomberg's name during the the Democratic debate with no other context. Just Mike Moonberg. And I was like, yes, this is good. I've made it now. <laughs> Jeez, goodness. So there, there's a lot of stuff going on other than Ben getting verified on Twitter. Congratulations, Ben. T.Y. Nerd. Uh, a lot of rumors. A lot of things to do. Obviously, we've already kind of done like an off-season primer, our confidence in Howie. We did that last week. This week, we're going to kind of delve into some some different moves. We might as well start with, with the newest news, which is Nigel Bradham for the Eagles. Obviously, they're parting ways with the 30-year-old, so maybe they can get a little bit younger. We're going to talk about that later. But it saves them $4.5 million in cap relief. Uh, obviously, I think my thoughts on Bradham have been pretty well documented. I thought he was absolutely fantastic in 2017. Uh, I've been fairly critical of him for being inconsistent throughout 2018. 2019 was also dealing with some injuries and whatnot that may have uh, attributed to that. But they obviously had an issue replacing, you know, the, the coverage snaps that Jordan Hicks was giving. Hicks is now in Arizona. And it leaves the Eagles linebacker room uh, young and well, and not necessarily young. There's some older guys in there, but still, it, when you look at maybe who the starters might be right now, you can really only point to Nate Gary because we don't know if Kamugur J Hill is going to be back. Uh, the team reportedly really likes Duke Riley, so we'll see how that ends up. But I do think that the Eagles are going to be looking to add someone 
from the outside. And as such, me and Ben have been watching linebackers throughout this process and have some takes. And and we might as well deal with the first name on the board. Wait, no, stop. What? I have the comment to make before we do that. Okay. The Eagles really like Duke Riley? That's what I'm hearing. Duke Riley, who took 29 defensive snaps in 2019? You, oh, we really like Duke Riley. They play him in front of some other dudes who aren't as good. Freaking frick, man. <laughs> How much of that is coach speak? I don't know. Right. But like also like getting him in the building. We him really out, him like him. Duke Riley in that all <laughs> the other linebackers we have were either cut, already cut, or are impending free agents. And he's just right. the one dude who's left. <laughs> we really like Duke Riley in that he is not Nigel Bradham who's leaving. Not LJ4 who we already cut like a bunch of idiots. Not Nate Gary who just isn't good, guys. Like I don't know how many different ways right. I need to tell you this. I, I know. Like, like Duke Riley. No. Like I – like Duke Riley. I like Duke Riley when they traded for him. I liked Duke Riley in Atlanta. I like Duke Riley because I advocated for playing time for Duke Riley. You do not like Duke Riley because you did not play Duke Riley. Do not give me you like Duke Riley. I feel like I've said Duke Riley too many times. Okay, anyway, now you can do your thing. I mean, they really liked LJ Fort because they gave him some guaranteed money. Look how that Don't, turned out. Dude, it's so... like We might Ugh. be looking at like shelling out eight figures per no they're not going to do that right but like the top linebackers are at that level right when you just could have just played lj fort it's really simple just play the good player not the bad player it would have solved the whole problem and it's extra frustrating because you know it's a guy that i love that was pounding the table for him before free agency even start anyway okay let, let's move on from the lj fort talk move let's, on. let's talk let's, Mike, let's talk move on God, i gotta let it go uh the top name as you mentioned, you know, you're talking eight figures here. Corey Littleton from the Los Angeles Rams, who is projected to make somewhere from from what I understand. And I checked with, uh, you know, over the cap the, the Brad over there is fantastic. But like 12 to 14 million average per year is what he's projected. And who knows if a team like the Green Bay Packers just get nuts and like throw him like 15 or 16 or or something like that. Obviously, you know, we'll, we'll see with the guaranteed money, but he is due to make a big payday. And look, I mean... His film is really good. This is this is what you want from You're your really linebacker. Good. He has the the coverage skills that you want. He's got the range that you want. He's got just enough in in run defense. Like th- this is if they were to, the Eagles were to pay at the position, I don't think they will. And by the way, I don't mind the way that the Eagles value the linebacker position. I think over the years they've pretty decently paid like their Mike linebacker, their guy, and then have gone you know with cheap youth around that. At two of the least important positions on defense. Like, I can't think of any other position that is that is least important than that. So I'm totally fine with them, quote unquote, undervaluing linebacker. I think people kind of take that a little bit too far. So I don't think the Eagles are totally adverse to spending money at linebacker. They just saved four point five million dollars by cutting Bradham and he was going to be an eight million dollar cap hit. So they will spend a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be for a guy like Littleton. Right. So, right. This is so it's interesting. The Eagles devalue the linebacker position. What is the evidence? Number one, historically over the course of of Roseman's career, he has not shelled out big money for linebackers, okay? The counterpoint here is that over recent years, the opportunities that he's had include Nigel Bradham and Jordan Hicks. Right. And Hicks had significant injury problems in the two years preceding his free agency. Call a spade a spade here with Jordan Hicks. A lot more people were on board with letting him walk before he put together 16 good games in Arizona. And you always knew that was the potential problem. You always knew that was 
on the table. But this is what you have to do with, with injured players sometimes. You have to say, you know, we're not willing to, to spend the money on you and then subsequently not draft your replacement or develop your replacement or whatever. Because if we do and you're injured, then it's a, it's a double loss for us, whatever. So they let Jordan Hicks walk. The Eagles signed Nigel Bradham to an $8 million deal, which was pretty hefty at the time, right? right? Now, mm-hmm. obviously, what was... So, the, like, when Bradham signed it, it was, it was good money for Bradham, right? Bradham signed it in, in I want to say, 2017? I can't remember. Either way. I, th- I think it was after 2017. I think right. it was right after that season, and he had had a fantastic season, and it was Great a good contract season. for him. Yeah, yeah. But what was really good about it was the fungibility, which is now being exercised and that his team option is being denied. And confirmation on that, March 14th, 2018 is when he signed that contract. Okay. Five-year, $40 million. That's a healthy contract. Right, exactly. So money was spent there. And I mean, like, it was all of the guaranteed money was in the first two years, as we know. Yeah. Most of it. Um, And then secondly, the Eagles had outs after 2018 season, so into 2019. And then after the 2019 season, i.e. into 2020, which they're taking now. The base money that would have been uh, guaranteed is offset if he signs with a different team up to that figure, which he will. So it was a good contract because it gave the Eagles outs. But like Bradham could have been making $10 million next year with the Eagles if he continued to play at that level. He didn't. I do think there's a bit of a misunderstanding, a bit of a a, I think it's exaggerated the extent to which. Uh, Roseman does not value linebackers. Now, the massive grain of salt here is the reality that in a league that passes more, linebacker evaluations change and linebackers matter less. And accordingly, if there is a position in which you are not going to spend significant money on the defensive side of the football, you're not going to issue pass rush in Jim Schwartz's defense. Uh You're not going to issue pass coverage in a team that's passing all the time. And if Schwartz continues to be diligently dedicated to being plus one in the box, then you don't need elite linebacker play because you're just going to ask them to plug gaps and win with numbers. So there is Roseman, I don't think, has devalued linebackers as much as we accuse him of doing, one. And then two, it is reasonable within the context of a changing NFL and the Eagles' particular defensive scheme to not spend a ton of money on linebackers. Eagles aren't asking their linebackers to read first-level leverage and make two gappers correct everything. It, you got a gap. Plug your gap. It's a very simple run defense system. And then obviously there's spot drop and cover three. And there's a lot of responsibility that falls on the linebackers to win in the, in the shallow underneath routes. But for as long as the Eagles corners suck, nobody's really throwing those anyway. And that's how you were out there with, with Nate, Gary, TJ Edwards, Duke Riley, and Camus J. Hill surviving, right? So all of this to say, Corey Littleton's pretty darn good football player. I was impressed with his length. I was impressed with his size. I was impressed with his quickness. Thought he was great at carrying tight ends. I think he was not a liability in the running game. I didn't love his film there, but it was fine. He deserves to get paid more than the five-year, forty million that Bradham got. That's for sure. And like that's off of Bradham's really good twenty seventeen. Littleton didn't have an amazing season, but the past two or three years have really, really been strong for him. I don't imagine the Eagles shell out that contract. If they shelled out ten million. For Littleton, I'd be over the moon, right? But I don't think they'd be willing to do that. And you're telling me that that Brad over the captains is going to be 12 to 14. They're just not going to pay that price. Right. And it's and like, why would you when you can potentially save some of that money and sign Byron Jones 
Right. Who you more desperately need by a mile. Where do you want to spend? Yeah, because right. the Eagles are going to have to spend a cornerback. I mean, I think that's just a, a known fact. If they can spend it, they can get somebody at cornerback. That's the priority. It is not linebacker <laughs> at all. So, I mean, Littleton, like we said, fantastic player, deserves right. to get paid. I just think he's he's out of the ballpark of where the Eagles want to spend at that position. And you know what? I'm totally fine with that. What about some of the other options that that you watched, Ben? Because I haven't quite dug into some of the film. Joe, uh, Joe uh, Schobert from the Browns, I was kind of saving because I think the Browns are going to be able to bring him back. And I think his market value or what he's going to get paid is a tick under what Littleton's going to get. So still kind of expensive. Uh, Blake Martinez from the Green Bay Packers is a guy that that I am not a fan of. I, I, we were talking before the show. I just said he's kind of like a tackle sponge. He's due to get paid. I'm not a fan. What do you think about these other guys out there? Joe Schobert's very good. Like, what is this? I don't I don't understand how people don't see this w- with Schobert. What? He's good. Yep. He, like, lost playing time in Cleveland or something. They they don't want to resign this guy? They weren't. They drafted two linebackers last year, Sion Takitaki in the second, Mac Wilson in the fifth, to walk away from this dude? Yeah, and Mac Wilson He's really good. was bad last year. That's one player I did kind of dial back on, and he was not good. I don't understand what there is not to like about Joe Schobert. Yeah. Now, I, I scrolled through his pro football reference log, right, to find games to watch. And I was like, oh, two interceptions against the Mason Rudolph Pittsburgh Steelers. I will watch that game. <laughs> Get a feel for what he does in coverage, right? right but they're right. both high-quality plays. Nice. First one is an underneath uh, is an underneath zone drop where he passes off a crosser from three, sinks under one week, makes a great play on an in-breaker. It's like really good play recognition, understanding of what you have to do in that particular situation. That formation and that action from number three strong keys you all right one week is probably in cutting behind me i'm gonna sink underneath this beautiful second one he's running the pole with the tight end tight end is a 15 yard dig schobert flips his hips gets connected balls a little behind makes the play and really high quality plays and then against the run he's smart cat i mean he's not the quickest dude on the face of the planet but he got clear recognition ability he's a quality tackler he's got good density i mean like man I like him better than Littleton, for sure. I would like for them to sign a an actual football human being named Joe Schobert. <laughs> Joseph Schobert. Joe Schobert. Sounds like a neighbor. Joe yeah. Schobert. He's <laughs> really good. So would that be your top name as far as who the yeah. Eagles would pursue? Now, I think Schobert, somebody's going to give this guy $9 million per, $10 million per. I, I really think it's going to be the Browns. I really do. I think he stays. Are they... Okay, so they're, like, in conversations with him? Yeah. I hope the Browns screw this up. Listen, <laughs> analytic-based front office, Mark DePodesta, Andrew Barry, who learned nothing from Roseman, nothing. And he, or, no, he learned everything from Roseman, and he'll say, I'm not paying a linebacker. I devalue linebackers. I'll let them walk. And then the Eagles will be like, you have been fools. We've fo-. The whole play, the whole time, <laughs> was to, was get to install <laughs> Andrew Barry so that he would cut Joe Schobert. <laughs> 3D chess, baby. That's what Dude. it's all about. <laughs> oh man, I think so. I I think Schober is probably my favorite. He's my favorite player I've watched on the market for sure. Um, I think he's going to be close to eight figures a year. I'd be surprised if the Eagles shelled it out. But like, I don't know. To me, you grab this guy. He can easily be on the field for all three downs. And Camus is your uh, linebacker too. Maybe Gary's your linebacker too. Because apparently that's the thing. I think it would be great. 
So are you a no on the rest of the guys? Because, I mean, it's really not not all that great. And I, I kind of want to transition to the draft yeah. here. But. My bargain bin guy is Klein the, the, from the Saints, who I yeah. think is, is, is reasonably – is going to be cheap, firstly, and then is reasonably talented and versatile enough such that he would not be – you know, uh, disappointing or or inconsistent or uh, uh, you know a liability, right? I think that he is what ideally Nate Gary would be if if Gary had maybe developed a little bit more and was better. It's been a really ripping on Nate Gary podcast. I feel bad about that. What is it to not? me? Right. So to me, I think I think Gary is the um. Or excuse me, I think Klein is the bargain bin guy I would like. Klein can like Klein did on ball Sam stuff for New Orleans. He like struggled the A gaps in the mic. He dropped short zones. He was running chase, his weak side linebacker. He did a lot of stuff for them, and he's not awful at anything. Um yeah. he's not the best mover on the face of the planet, but he's a stout dude. He's physical in the contact window and coverage. Um so Klein would be the guy like in five million per range, which he's like he's I think in his thirties. So this is probably a guy that you look at from more of like a two, three-year deal perspective than anything else. Um, but if the Eagles go the direction we expect them to, which is Band-Aid, not Band-Aid, but just cheaper, I would guess it ends up being like, like Klein would be the guy that I would like. And I would guess he falls within their range. I, I would like him over Pierre Lewis, over Devontae Campbell, over Hewitt, like in, in those those types of guys. So I, I agree with you there. And I don't man. I don't think they spend big, so I think uh, Schobert is is not going to be. Uh, God, it would it would be nice though because the Eagles have been like I kind of alluded to before, really missing just a, a really good coverage linebacker for those right. those you know third. That's down why Bradham got the contract that he did. I they don't thought he could be that guy. Well, yeah, I don't know if you remember. And this is like you know to what extent does this matter? Obviously, you know, we've, we've had discussions about this before, but he was PFF's number one graded linebacker in coverage in 2017. And he right? was fantastic in and coverage like, that year. When yeah. you watch the film, it was, I remember the Panthers game in 2017 where he was like, hey, Christian All McCaffrey, over. like, I'm going to be the only person in the league to stop you. How does that feel? Are you okay with that? Is that good for you? Right. And it was like, okay, shoot. Like, Bradham is the dude. Like, Jordan Hicks, Nigel Bradham for the next two, three years, short zones. Uh, Hicks is solid. Bradham's really stinking good. And the Eagles are going to have quality underneath zone coverage and not be liability against the run. And then Hicks kept getting injured, and Bradham's 2017 was revealed to be a anomaly. And so yeah. now you got to re regather and replan. Okay, so then the next question obviously is the Eagles don't sign anybody. They sign like you know Pierre Lewis to the same deal they signed LJ Fort to last year, right? Right. It's um, like a nothing kind of deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. How early are they going linebacker? Man. How early do we think they will go linebacker? Here's the thing: I don't really like anybody in day two that I've watched that I think I don't be like there. anyone. This is the same thing as last year, right? This is when Devin Bush and Devin White. We knew those two were going to go early, and then there was going to be a big gap. Really, the only player outside of that that played well last year was Dre Greenlaw for the for the 49ers. He was drafted in the fifth round. That's like one of a dozen guys that was drafted in day three that proved, that kind of like showed out a little bit. So we were right to be really low on that linebacker class. Like Devin White wasn't good last year either. But Bush was like the best out of the bunch. Don't in my tell opinion. Tampa fans that Devin White wasn't <laughs> great. But that you look at this year, okay, kind of the same deal. Because for me, there are two top guys. And then there's uh, then there's a guy that's going to be taken sooner than he probably should be. And those are Isaiah Simmons, obviously top 10 lock, maybe go on top five. Just an absolute. Freak. I would not call him a top 10 lock. Really? 
are what? Because okay. everything about this guy that I've seen says that he's going top ten. What what am I missing with the with the consensus here? I wrote about this and it got absolutely zero clout, and I was like, oh, I thought this was going to get clout. Um, so I was like, all right, maybe I have to write about it again. Simmons can play any position, right? Yeah, they play him in the box. They play him single high sometimes. They play him as the overhang. <laughs> like the most versatile dude you've ever seen in the face of the planet. Shockingly effective in every single role. Sick. Yeah. I love it. It's great. NFL defensive coordinators do not want Simmons to play every single role. They do not want a player who is unbelievably versatile, who will never miss any play ever, and will always be on the field and will fill every role that you ever need ever. Because in order to have a player be that versatile, the rest of your defense has to mold around him, right? And this is like what Brett Venables, the defensive coordinator in Clemson, did to unlock Simmons is he played four safeties all over the field. One of them was Tanner Muse, who's like 6'3", 229, and can fly. One of them is Kayvon Wallace, who's like 5'10", a buck 85, and is basically a slot corner, right? And they just move these guys all over the place right like it's it's like like for every action there's an equal but opposite reaction every time simmons who's your linebacker goes to play deep half we need to have a guy who can go be your mic and then every time he goes to cover the slot we need to now have a guy who go play your safety right so like he can play every position but on any given play he's only going to play one and what we know about defensive coordinators what we know about nfl coaches is that they have hubris and they have too much faith in their scheme so nobody in the league right now, besides maybe the Chargers, has the infrastructure to just take Simmons and be like, you're positionless. Because they all currently have a scheme that's like, they, we run the 4-3, right? We run over fronts and we like run our shit, right? So they're all going to draft Simmons to play a role. They're not going to draft Simmons to play every role. I think they should, but they won't because this is what... NFL coaches do. They they draft players to fill the roles. Why wasn't DK Metcalf a top 10 pick? Why wasn't DK Metcalf a top 10 pick? Because he was going to be a field stretcher who ran four routes. And, and that role right. didn't get valued in the top 10, despite the fact that Metcalf was so stinking good at it. So what role does Simmons fill in the NFL if he does not get to be Mr. Positionless that we all hope he does? He's probably a 4-3 will. 4-3 wills don't get drafted in the top 10. Hmm. They don't. What? Oh, he's box safety? Okay, he's Derwin James. He's going 17. Right, right, right. He's Tremaine no. Edmonds, 4-3 Mike. Or he's going 15. <laughs> right? Like so, like right, yeah, no, like people fall and people didn't expect Derwin James to fall and stuff like right. that. I get that. Like the NFL draft is and, and, and when you go back and you look at these defensive players who fell more than we thought they would, the the common thread is versatility. Like all yeah. they can play any position. Defense coordinators don't want guys who can play every position. They want one guy who can play one position really well, and then they want to get 11 of them. And they want them all to play different positions, <laughs> right? They, they, that, so that's the thing is like, unless you are willing as a defensive coach to say, Simmons is the skeleton key and I'm going to let him be so, which Brett Venables did and kudos to him, you won't get the advantages of Simmons that we think that that draft guys think that you will because you won't unlock your defense that way. So anyway, I wouldn't call Simmons a top 10 lock for that reason. Okay. But anyway, it's not what we're supposed to be talking about right now. <laughs> right. So I, I think that there are two linebackers at the top of this class. I'll put it I'll put it to you that way. Kind of like, you know, the two Devons from last year, Isaiah Simmons and Patrick Queen from LSU, who I 
love. Patrick Queen can play a little ball. He's getting he's getting a first round grade from me. In fact, I was a bit lower on the linebackers last year than a lot of people. I had Devin Bush at 18th overall. I had Devin White at 20th overall. I had neither of them as first round grades get on my level. Well, I think I only gave out 17 first round grades, bud. So there's that. So they had early second round grades, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I got to check that. But I know White definitely wasn't a first round grade. Anyway, Patrick Queen is getting a first round grade. He would be, along with Simmons, you know, my two highest linebackers if I compared boards over the last two years. Queen has everything you want in a linebacker, man. He is doggone smart. He's key in diagnosis. Super quick, man. Like he, he, he seems like he's a film junkie because he's all over these things. Yes, he can. He can cover. He's got sideline to sideline range. Like I, I think there are a little bit of like maybe a little bit of you can clean up with the tackling, but like brother, this guy has everything you want and might be available when the Eagles pick at twenty one. Right. So let me let me let me draw right. Let me draw a hypothetical for you. Yeah. Likelihood the Eagles pick Patrick Queen at 21. What's the percentage chance? 15%. Okay. What would your emotions be? 100 is like over the moon. You've never been happier. Zero is like you've been the most devastated of your life. It all depends on everything else that happens right, right. around it. But in like a vacuum, let's say like the major things are taken care of and how he does his thing where he's like, I want to be right. able to feel the team before we get to the draft. If that's the case, I'm 200. I love it. This right. is a doggone good football player that you're going to get on the cheap for a long time is going to be the core of your defense. Love right. It. Now, that's that's the 15% reality. Let me throw this back at you. Mm. Right. Eagles trade back to 30. Mm. Pick up an early three or whatever. Green Bay's picking at 30. They pick up Green Bay's three and a five. Take Patrick Queen at 30. How probable is that? Probably two to three more times as likely as. See, it's as interesting, right? Because I think that, right. I think that not dissimilarly to Dallas Goddard, which drafting a tight end top 50 is not super analytically. <laughs> and it's not like they needed a tight end badly, right? Right, right, right. But it, like the most likely reality in which the Eagles end up landing Quinn is one in which they get to 21 and they have so many players left on the board that they would like at 21 that they just move back, grab some more capital, see who's there when they move back. And then yeah. the guy who's there ends up being Queen. In which yeah. case, sick. <laughs> Now, the Eagles are also projected to have 10 picks with comp picks, so they don't need to go trading back, right? And it's like, I think a lot of people, in that they have 10 picks, if the Eagles traded back and then drafted a linebacker, would probably be upset, but Queen can do everything for you. I would love seeing Patrick Queen in Philadelphia. I don't think it'll happen. Um, Who are some of the day two guys that you've watched? Uh, Kenneth Murray, who I think is a space cadet, can't cover. And is going to get drafted like early round two. Yeah, when a team blitzes a guy as much as they blitzed Murray, it kind of freaks you out a little bit. I mean, other other than that, I you seen Akeem Davis Gaither at Appalachian State? I, I I've seen a little bit of him, and I and I think yeah. I like him, but I don't think I like him at like fifty three. Yeah, I agree. I would want him in round three, but he's what you want if you don't like Camus. Right. Because he's your on-ball Sam occasionally come off the edge. But, like, maybe that's Jernard Avery for them next year. Right. So they don't really need that role. It's tricky, right? So I like Davis Gaither. Uh, David Woodward, Utah State. I have not seen him. No. He's a slippery dude. You know how I liked Ben Burkirvin last year? Cody Barton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, he's that. He, he's that vibe, which all these West Coast kids are, apparently. It's just a thing. Um, but I, so I like, I like, uh, David Woodward in that, like, near 100, but top 100 range, who I think that, like, ideally is sub package for you in year one. But if you need a 
force him in there to start. I mean, he's like a three-year starter at Utah State. He's ex-safety background, so he knows what he's doing. Dropping into coverage. I should say ex-safety background, like, in high school and in his first year of college. He didn't switch to safety in college, and then the Eagles decided to switch him back to linebacker. I don't know who would do that or who that would be, but that's not <laughs> the case with David Woodward. What about Jordan? Jordan, what's his, what's his? Brooks, the Texas yeah. Tech kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is really good when nobody touches him. Here's the thing about playing linebacker. Sometimes you have to take on a block, and he's not good at that. Uh, <laughs> there's rumors he's going in round two. I can't get behind that. See, that's what I mean. All the yeah. all the all the guys that I kind of like, right? It's just not. I don't want to take him at fifty three, and they're not going to be there when when the third round comes around. So, unless you're taking Patrick Queen, I hope you I hope you find your answers in free agency. Any last words on that before we uh, before we go to break? Because we have gone long on this subject. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, we haven't talked in a while. Yeah, that's true. I like spending time with you. Yeah, same. Malik Harrison, Ohio State is also, he's the dude to watch if you want the two down guy, right? Just like, oh, all right, yeah. stay in the middle of the defense, hit people, and then leave. Like, yeah. Malik Harrison's true thumper. I like him a lot. Yeah, I just don't care about two down linebackers. I don't. Sure, but... Do you care about linebackers who are still going to be on the board in the 80s? Because that's what the Eagles are picking. I mean, the value, like, okay, so I don't care in the first two rounds definitely about, number one, two-down linebackers, and really they're one-down linebackers because teams pass more in second down anyway, and, you know, one or two-down interior defensive linemen. I think you know that I just, like, okay, just find a guy wherever for that role. I'll tell you. I'll I'll put it to you this way. I think the Eagles are going to like David Woodward, and I think they he's going to get picked in the value that they would be comfortable taking him, which is like round four. So I would recommend this is you and also everybody's listening. Find some David Woodward Utah State film. The Eagles are going to like him. If they like Nate Gary, they're going to like him. He's a better Gary, in my opinion. So so that is our chat on linebackers. When we come back, we got to talk about you know the Eagles getting old. And maybe an old cornerback that we like. What what should the oh. Eagles do at the cornerback position? That's coming Back up next. in my day, in the Super Bowl <laughs> you're on, years. Here on the Kist and Solak Show. We'll be right back. And we are back here on the Kist and Solak Show 174. Michael Kist with Benjamin Solak. It's all being brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. All right, Ben, quickly, we got to get to this because we went so long on linebacker. And we got to talk about what the Eagles might be able to do at cornerback. And the first thing that I wanted to get out of the way is I'm so stinking tired of anybody, anytime you talk about Darius Slay, someone has to point out that the guy literally just turned 29 years old. I think he's a top tier cornerback. Understand that Detroit had the 29th ranked pressure rate last year and Slay allowed his best quarterback rating since 2016. I wonder why that is. Are those things correlated? Absolutely. In my opinion, I still think he's a, a top tier cornerback the guy travels with wide receiver one every stinking week so he draws the toughest assignment that you can give him and he has to survive out there right now the other thing about age and i think this conversation has slammed so far on on the wrong side of the seesaw with this because everyone oh, the eagles are old they need to get younger all because of that one quote of howie means we literally have to get younger at every single position at every single spot guys it is not feasible that's not it's, you can't really build a roster that way and, ju- and just for some context right the eagles were old when they won the super bowl they were the seventh oldest team per snap weighted age per football outsiders in 2017 they beat the fifth oldest team in the new england patriots what did the new england patriots do they got older they were the top oldest team in 2018 they won a super bowl there has not been a quote unquote young team to win a Super Bowl 
since 2013 when Seattle did it with the third youngest team in the NFL. Out of the past five years that they have this information for on Super Bowl teams, and I understand it's, it's a very small sample size and it's just Super Bowl teams, I get that. There is not a quote-unquote young team in the Super Bowl from 2015 to 2018. Not one. Four top 10 teams in a row won the Super Bowl. Now, we don't have the information on 2019, but this is what I mean when we're going too far on the other side, where we think that the Eagles have to average like an age of like 25 years old. I don't think that's realistic, and I don't think it matters that much. Like, yeah, I want to get younger in some spots. I want to get younger at safety. I've been wanting to get younger at safety for the past two, three years now. And it's going to have to happen eventually, depending on what on what happens. But I don't think that Slay is near his end as far as what he can do as a cornerback. I think he's got three good years left on him. He is less than two years older than Byron Jones. Now, would I pursue Byron Jones before Darius Slay? Maybe, because you don't have to give up the draft capital. That's the other thing people love to bring up. Well, you have to spend a premium pick. Yeah, probably. You have to spend to get good players, and then you have to give them a contract. That's fine. But in that equation, I don't put his age in there at all. I do not care. So I'd probably go after Byron Jones first. I think Slay's a slightly better player. But I think you get Jones for slightly cheaper. You don't have to spend the premium draft pick. I get all that. The Eagles are going to have to spend at quarterback. Period. Unless you want to try to develop, because this is the weird thing. You want to get younger, but nobody has faith that the Eagles can develop anybody. So it's just complaining all the way. The, the most important thing to remember about player age is that there's a massive selection for older players in the league. What this means is, in every draft class, 4,000, like 350 dudes who are like 24 to 20 enter the league. And what do we know for sure? Two-thirds of them, three-fourths of them, aren't going to stick in the league. The common denominator between the fourth, the 25% that do stay in the league is that they're good. They're playing well. They're helping their teams. They're NFL-caliber players. They hit free agency at 27. Byron Jones for the first time hitting free agency. Why is he going to make so much money? Because he was good. Other corners who were drafted at 23 years old, who were not good, we're not here, right? Mm. So Darius Slay on the free agent market at 30. Why? Because Slay has was good enough to stay in the league. So when you hit free agency at the age of 29, at the age of 30, it indicates that you have been good in the league for a while. Oh, right. Yeah. For a significant period of time. Now, <laughs> oh, but why is he hitting free agency? Why the the Lions trade Quandre Diggs? <laughs> the Lions are in a big selling position. Darius Slay is hitting free agency in large part, although because his play is not as good, maybe. It's also in large part because he does not want to be in Detroit. The dude was on the trade block. Yeah. Detroit does not want him there. They are moving right. on from Darius Slay. So we have no resounding evidence from the people in the building that his play is so prohibitively bad. It's just that they are moving on from him. New GM didn't draft him. New coach didn't draft him. He's not happy in the situation. They traded away his buddy in Quandre Diggs. The team is losing. He wants to win. There's nothing that indicates that his play is, is, is significantly poor. What indicates that his play is good is that he's been playing in the league for seven years at a high level. <laughs> he has been good. We have the proof. And Detroit trusts him to follow wide receiver one anytime there's a very good wide receiver one. Right. So... <laughs> 
if just, you want being being dismissive of a of a of a, of a top tier talent because he's twenty nine is stupid. It's just dumb. Like he should at the very least be in the conversation. So if you want a a a a twenty five year old free agent, yeah, go for it. Eli Apple, Vernon Hargreaves, Daryl Worley, Eagle Great, Artie Burns, Kendall Fuller, Ronald Darby. Right, uh, Darby's twenty six. Is he? Oh yeah. yeah. That's, that's, so twenty six, you can grab Darby. Maybe Mackenzie Alexander, if you like, use some Mac Alexander, uh, <laughs> yeah. some Cyrus Jones, some mm. Mike Hil- Mike Hilton. Is there some Mike Hilton? 27, yeah. 27. Uh, obviously, Byron Jones on the table. That's nice. You also could go after Brian Poole, PJ Williams. Want some Jalen Watkins? You bring on Jalen Watkins back. Some Devontae Bosby, 27. You mean to notice a theme about the young guys on the market? <laughs> They're on the market and young for a very good reason. Right. Yeah. If we go 28, which yeah. is one year younger than Darius Slay is right now, then we get like Bradley Roby, uh, Darkies Denard, Trey Waynes, Kevin Johnson, Bashad Breland. So these are some more like veteran players. Nickel Roby Coleman, who've like stuck around in the league for a bit and are evidently good. Yeah. You know, just to varying degrees. I'm not going right, to right, like, right. like, you know. Trey Waynes is amazing. Kevin Johnson's the man. But no, like, I think the baseline there is like solid yeah. player from that group. So I don't know. I don't know what, what you want from me. But right. the players who are older are typically the players who've been good enough to stay in the league. Yeah. If there were a 25 year old stud free agent corner, I'd be telling the Eagles go right after him. And like you said, let's go after Byron Jones. Let's throw the whole house at Byron Jones. I'm in. I think Byron Jones is a doggone good football player. But man, like if you're like, listen, Eagles can't slide Darius Likes. He's 29. I'm here to tell you there are a lot of really good football players who are 29 because that's what it takes to be 29 in the league. You have to be good in order to do it. What are we willing to, to spend on Slade? We know that the Eagles are going to have to give him a contract, right? We, and we and we want the, the conversation of him on the table. So we're, we're not dismissing him from, from this conversation. He's not the only option, but you can't just depend on, oh, we'll just sign Byron Jones. Who knows? He may sign somewhere else. He's, he's a free man. He can do what he wants. Darius Slade, you know you're going to have to pay him. Okay. I'm fine with that because the Eagles are going to have to pay at cornerback if they want to solve that situation, okay? Unless they draft one, a guy in the first round and then later. I mean, they got two positions to fill. Second round, I think, is I think is where I kind of draw the line. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not comfortable with spending the first round pick. What about you, Ben? On a corner? On a corner. 21 overall. Are you there at 21 overall? Yeah. It, ma- uh, it, makes me a little, it makes me a little uneasy spending the first round pick. I love Slay. That's a little expensive for me. Alternatively, mm-hmm. draft corner three, mm-hmm. maybe corner two if Christian Fulton's still on the board. So, like, if you could promise me Christian Fulton at 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sure. Okay. If it's Damon Arnett, CJ Henderson, maybe. But if it's between Slay and, like, the uncertainty of corner three, corner four, man. I'm tempted to actually get the good player at corner for once and see how it goes. How many more years do we want to see if we can get corner right while skimping at the position until we say, hey, might be time to actually, like, you know, spend some capital here. Like I said, you guys got 10 picks, man. You have another three coming because of Nick Foles comp. You got ammo. You can give up a one and then move up in the second. I don't know. Now I'm talking myself out of it. Yeah, like, what about a pick swap? Like, the, do, do the, does Detroit have their original second-round pick? Yeah, they do. So what if you moved back to the second round, from, from the first round to the second round and threw in your, so threw in your second? So 35 to 21 and threw in your second? No. What no. about your third? 
maybe. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. And like, I don't know, you'd want to have Slay under contract if you did that. Right. Well, yeah, you want to get the contract done beforehand. Otherwise, you give Slay all the leverage in that situation, which is a a dumb mistake, a mistake that teams continue to make. And I don't understand it. You want that contract agreed upon because otherwise then you get into a bidding war and he's got all the leverage and you just spent a premium draft pick. That would be disastrous, in my opinion. I'm with you there. So we're on board with Slay. And we're giving him a value somewhere high second, maybe late for something like that. So it's not off the table for us. We'll see what the Eagles do. We'll see what the Eagles, if the Eagles are even in play for this. You're a yes on Byron Jones, I'm assuming. 18 million. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm I'm down with 18 mil. I mean, everybody's going to bring up the fact that this guy had like, what, two interceptions in the past however many years. It's literally anybody can talk about. The guy doesn't get targeted. I mean, he snaps per target. He was third in the league as far as being least targeted. Hard to get interceptions when the ball doesn't come your way. I think he only had, I think he was only targeted like 55 times last year. There's a reason for that. And also, listen, interceptions. A lot of luck, man. Yeah, thank you. know what I was going to say. I mean, like, there's obviously (laughs) skill that goes into it. There are guys who are uniquely good at generating turnovers, baiting throws. Like, you know, never going to take away Asante Samuel's skills from him, but... There's a lot of luck that goes into the turnovers. It's, you know, that'll regress up to the mean for as long as he keeps playing good football. And look, if he as long as he doesn't get targeted, I don't care. <laughs> Brother, do your thing. This guy can play and you can move him around. And he's a freak athlete. That, that for me, just settles that one cornerback position. Boom, right then and there. And you don't have to spend the pick. I'll spend $18 million on that. Peace of mind on the outside. I'm totally fine with that. Ben, anybody else that you've kind of watched in your travels? Because I was kind of working through the safety group. Holy crap, Justin Simmons from the Broncos. Yeah, is really I do like Justin Simmons. Thank I, I like man. for my mental health, <laughs> I am not imagining the Eagles are gonna get an actual safety. Right. Yeah. Not gonna do it. I'm at this point, it's like it's it's a bit to the level of my Danelle Pumphrey bit to be like, hey, you know what the Eagles <laughs> maybe need? A safety? Right, right, right. No, right, right, right. I can't yeah. even We've, got, we've done this dance. Yeah. So I don't think they'll spend big money on it. I think McLeod will walk. I think Jenkins will stay. I think they'll get some cheap guy, and then they'll get some third guy in the draft, and then who knows? Um, I wouldn't hate them bringing in Bradley Roby, um, who was one year 10 mil for the Texans last year. But that's the thing if you miss out on the bigger fish. And just to clarify on Simmons, he has already said that he's comfortable either playing with the tag or getting a new deal. He says either is a blessing. So yeah. I don't think he's going anywhere. And the Broncos would be dumb, dumb, dumb to let him go because right. you're going to have Chris Harris Jr. walk. You're going to have Will Parks walk. They got a few guys leaving that secondary. So letting Simmons go is 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 not going to be on the top of their priority. Everyone is, everyone is like saying Anthony Harris is the top name on the market. If Simmons hit the market, I think he's right up there with him, if not better. Anthony Harris, a guy I don't think the Eagles are going to spend on either. I haven't really watched uh, some of the rest of the guys. Jimmy Ward is the one that's – I was going to say, uh, I wouldn't hate Jimmy Ward. I, I like Jimmy Ward. And, and now that he's – I've been a big believer in Jimmy Ward for years now. And it's been killing me. He couldn't stay healthy. Stays healthy this year. And that's a pretty doggone good season. Like, I, I like Jimmy. And he can give you some nickel slot reps and everything like that. Like, of course, you know, all safeties kind of have to do that now. But he's solid at it. He's a solid player. And I think he comes at a decent price. I just I don't I don't think the Eagles are going to touch him. I would be OK with Jimmy Ward. I would be OK with HaHa Clindex, depending on the price tag. We've always been we've always we're been... both not big fans of HaHa Clindex, <laughs> but like, yeah, he can run 
and can make plays on the football. And at and his that is- price now that has been adjusted for his actual performance that we have seen from him, the way the league views him is more in line with the way that we felt him felt about him over the years. So I'm more okay with what his evaluation is right now because it's more in line with our evaluation, right? Mike, you should write this down. The mm. Haha Clinton Dix deal is actually going to be better <laughs> than the... <laughs> Shout anyway, out to Gabe, Greg Gabe. Nice. Now that I think about it, I'd probably get in on the Jimmy Ward train decently well, assuming they pay him like five, six. Yeah, it's going to be Over a couple years. Yeah. But yeah, so corner, the guy who I think is your mid-tier guy that I would be excited to go after would be Bradley Roby. I like Bradley Roby's film. Mm, me too. I don't think his injuries are too concerning, especially relative to some of the stuff the Eagles have already dealt with at the position. Um, and I think he makes a lot of sense for off-cover stuff. He can play inside out, which is important. Logan Ryan, I guess, is similar as well, but I think Logan Ryan's going to get overpaid. Um, so Roby's my guy, I think, in the middle tier. A uh, couple quick notes before we get out of here. I told you I wanted to talk about Rashad Perriman from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's going to be a free agent, and uh, I'm on board. Pay him eight nine mil. I'm told. I'm totally fine with that. Eight? Oh yeah. I mean, his projected Michael. market is like his projected market is seven. Do you want to get him or not? I don't want to pay him eight. Okay, well, I'll pay him eight. Are you kidding me? We paid Aguilar $9.4 million to be fast and drop passes. You want to do that again? Drop passes? The guy has one drop pass in two years. Rashad? Yeah. That's shocking to me. His hands out of UCF were... Bad. Booty? Brother, he dropped one year. He dropped so many doggone passes. I've got the, I've got the stat. 2017, his drop rate was 28.6%. <laughs> you hate to see it. <laughs> 195 out of 200 receivers targeted on the year. PFF graded him as the literal worst receiver in the league for that. Man, (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. That is rough. But no drops in the – I'm sorry, one drop in the last two years. Last year he caught – he only dropped one of his 37 catchable targets. Guy is like finally healthy again too, which was which was the big thing for him because you had a raw receiver coming out of college that depended on speed that picked up two knee injuries early on and then a hamstring, and you know busted out in Baltimore, and then I mean last five games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look, I've got all of this written up, uh, just a full background profile, film, all that stuff. It's a big old article over at Bleeding Green Nation. You can get my thoughts on Brashad Perriman and why I think the Eagles should pay him $8 million for a one-year contract. So go check that out. That's too much, man. By a million? Who cares, man? You're splitting hairs at that point. I would pay him like 5.5. Then you're not paying him. Then you're not getting him. Oh, man. I don't Maybe I have to recalibrate with the one drop in two years. Brother? That's shocking to me. That's legit shocking. He's yeah. probably double caught everything. I am suspicious. There's contested catches on there, and he did pretty well in those situations. I thought I was going to be out on Perriman when I watched him, right? I thought it was going to be a situation that we talked about with Demarcus Robinson. Where I was like, mm, zero-sum game. I don't feel like putting this guy on the roster because it's going to take away. I think Perriman, while being a big gamble because of the injuries and the history with drops, I think Perriman is looking like a guy that might have a breakout. I don't necessarily want to miss that. Every decision in free agency in the draft is a bet. I'm taking the gamble on Perriman. Wow, throwing Howie back in my face. You're despicable. <laughs> despicable. Now, I don't think that's the only thing they should do at wide receiver, but I do think that that answers uh, uh, some of the questions. And the guy ran, what, hand-timed at his pro day? 4.19 to 4.27 is what people had him timed at. Mike Mayock hand-timed him at 4.25? 
Guy's still got speed for days, brother. It's still you there. Call, you bringing up his pro day numbers to prove he has speed? No, I mean, uh, he's fast anyway. You can watch the film. No, I, I know he's fast. <laughs> I like him to be a field judge for sure. I'm in on Brashad Perriman. Okay. I'm in. I don't think I'm in at the same price tag that you are, but I'll keep it up in mind. Whatever the Eagles are comfortable paying Demarcus Robinson, I'll pay double for Perriman just to not get Demarcus Robinson. Okay, I'm, I'm in on that. <laughs> just as long as they don't pay Demarcus Robinson anything. <laughs> All right, Ben, that's going to do it for the Kiss Den Solak Show. Would you say goodbye to the gentle listeners? Hey, guys. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Kiss and Solak Show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. Mike whined about how much I talked about linebackers, but I thought it was a good conversation. We hope that you did, too, as we begin to orient ourselves for the Eagles' upcoming offseason. Of course, as we know, uh, the NFL and the NFLPA in deep conversations over the new CBA, and once a new CBA is ratified, the uh, things like fifth-year options, franchise tags, and future cuts post-June 1st designation, these all open back up into reality, and so we may have a lot of moves on the horizon if that deal gets signed. So if you want to catch up on all of the roster moves for the Eagles, make sure you are subscribed to the feed on whatever app you listen to your podcasts. Please rate and review as well if you did enjoy the show. He's been Michael Kist on Twitter, at Michael Kist NFL, that's K-I-S-T. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak, that's S-O-L-A-K. Checkmark! Suck it! <laughs> we'll talk to you later this week. We all we got. We all we need. Fly, Eagles, fly. P-G-N.